precious name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. So let's read together from Luke chapter 11, verse 1. Now Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. Great, great ask. As John taught his disciples, and he said to them, When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us, and lead us not into temptation. And he said to them, Which of you has a friend who has a friend will go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, Lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine has arrived on a journey, and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within, Do not bother me. The door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, though he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend, yet because of his impudence or persistence, he will rise up and give him whatever he needs. And I tell you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you, for everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks it will be opened. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Friends, we are on our second week journey on this wonderful uh, section of Scripture where D Jesus teaches His disciples to pray. And we were saying last week, it's very encouraging that they didn't know how to pray. I mean, many of us know the experience of what it means. It is one area of your spiritual life. I bet many of you would say you wish you could just muscle up on its prayer, right? And we're not talking here about Jesus modeling uh, please and thank you praying, which is a really important thing. Throughout your day, you are to be aware of Jesus' presence with you. And part of that is to say, Lord, won't you please help me as you go into tricky situations or thank him as you see his hand throughout the day. There is a joy of not just uh, living for Jesus, but with him that is expressed in our please and thank you awareness of his presence praying. But that's and that's not very difficult to do, except we just forget to do it. What we struggle to do with is the kind of praying that Jesus modeled when he went off by himself without his disciples around him. And sometimes he could pray the whole night. And these disciples saw him praying and thought, gee, this guy's got something that I don't know how to do, which is to enjoy this incredible Father in heaven, not just in a transactional please and thank you way, but in a way of intimacy and joy that they didn't know how to get. And friends, that encourages me today. And, and, and I want us this year to hear Christ's invitation. I ask of you uh, of 2023, what do you want from this year, Sterling? Do you want business as usual? Or do you want to grow in the things that are going to be applauded forever? The invitation is yours today because there is a promise in, in verse 13 of our text which blows my mind. And the more I ponder on it, the more ambitious I am to put it to the test. But there is a promise where he says, Jesus says, If you then who are evil, verse 13 of, of chapter 11, know how to give good gifts to your children. Sorry, it's not very flattering for us parents. Yeah, well, no, Those of you who are evil, I can experience that in my life anyway. But he says, how much more? 
How much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Doesn't that excite you today? I want to nudge you into this area of prayer this year. Will you be ambitious to put Christ to the test? Are you dry? Are you weary? Are you, are you a bit spiritually bored? Friends, there's a fullness here that is yours in prayer, but you have to come to him to get it. And you're going to find challenges to do it. I won't recap uh, last week's sermon. You're going to find it never gets easier to make the time. Oh, but what makes the time easier to make is to see the value of prayer the more you do it. And uh, the importance of quality time praying is I recognize that it is a bit different to just please and thank you today. I'm going to do my best with the time given us. I want to show you that quality time praying where you're just 20 or 30 minutes a day, however you make that, whether that's morning, noon or night, midnight, doesn't matter, you just got to get there, is you are bringing everything you know about God into your praying. I tell you, as, I'm, as I, I'm about to preach, I'm so excited because, friends, this is where our relationship moves from being merely transactional to being a glorious delight in getting to know this God who's willing to reveal himself. And, friends, this kind of praying, which we call the Lord's Prayer, but it's the teaching of the Lord on prayer, it has shape, it has content, and it requires everything you know about being brought into your prayer life. And, and that's why I want to encourage you, those of you who haven't ever read your Bible from start to finish, if you want to fuel your prayer life, is you've got to get to know God. And that means sitting not only under faithful teaching that gives you the message of Scripture, but you yourselves reading regularly so that you are immersed in who this God is so that your prayer life might reflect His nature. This is the point where your growth in the truth folds over into your joyful intimacy in prayer. Now, the reason as well, we said last week, is we need to pray like this because, friends, if you neglect this kind of praying, you become imbalanced as a Christian. All of you in this room are under tremendous pressure in your life, and you feel it. And if you're not careful to react to it in the way that Jesus enjoyed to pray is... Your soul, your heart forgets things it needs to remember in order to have a peaceful, stable faith. And I want to press you to put to the test this glorious prayer of Jesus and to watch your souls expand under great pressure to find a peace that surpasses all understanding, not in your circumstance, but because you can see who God is, right? And so I'm, I've used an analogy, which we're going to unpack in seven little headings today. This is meant to be my best I can get of a filing cabinet. And I want to explain to you a very practical way of this week when you say, great, I want to enter into a closer prayer time with God, how the Lord's Prayer works. Friends, every word that Jesus shares in Luke 11 are the things he loves about prayer. Okay, So you are getting an expose of the Son of God and what he has found to be an absolute essential and joy for him in the way he prays and spends time with the Father. And uh, 
every single one of these aspects of the Lord's Prayer, I was saying last week, is like a filing cabinet. The Lord's Prayer is a filing cabinet. They're just headings of things that you pray about with the Father. And each heading is like a folder. And we looked at the first one last week, which is enjoying our position praying. And it's not that you're mechanically opening up a liturgy where you read, you know, no, at the back of your mind, you're pulling out of the cabinet everything you know about God as Father and your position in Christ. And the fuller this folder is, the more wonderful and full the experience becomes. Can I just get an amen to that? You know, we don't just read our Bibles to feel better about ourselves or to win an argument. We read our Bible because it fills us with the content we need to engage with the God we don't know by instinct. So, you get together with the Lord in the morning, evening, and I'm just going to use my example. I get up in the morning early, it's my best time. Don't ask me to do things at night. And I often start by reading my Bible. It's very close. And I ask the Lord, I say, Lord, please, would you speak to me by your spirit? And, I, and I'm doing the Robert Murray McShane reading plan, and I read through the scriptures, and some things will grip me. I go, oh, I must pray about that with the Lord this morning. I'm aware he's there, but there's going to be some things I want to talk to him about. Not always. But before I rush in, what I do is I remember, and there are other prayers, but I'm just using the Lord's Prayer in Scripture, of how to enjoy good fellowship with the Father. And the first thing that I do, oh, am I all right here? The Lord's Prayer is more solid than what I'm on, I promise you. I've got two more services to do, Lord. I'm not risking a near-death experience. Okay. So, I pull out the first and most beautiful part of the Lord's Prayer, and it's so important, I'm just going to quickly recap it, is you don't, the heart says it's okay if you call God, God or Lord, but, the, but Jesus would prefer if you called him according to how his heart is towards you, which is Father. And, and friends, that is the heart of everything you are doing. You are not coming to a God that you're trying to impress you're not coming to a God that you're trying to win over to your side. You're not coming to a God who is your judge. That is very significant. A judge is only interested in your performance. A father relates to his child because of that child's position. And I want to know, you know, in my own prayer life, I struggled to pray because my idea of God was one of an examiner. And the more I allowed Scripture and the help of the Spirit to redeem this wonderful picture, and it is a picture, it is a feeling that you have towards God when you start to pray, it must be bound to Scripture and friends. The kind of picture that Scripture tells you to attribute to this Father is His heart is for you. And you must, you will not feel it. It is a fact you ask, what does faith mean? Faith means you walk by, by, by what he has said, not necessarily what you see. And some of our struggle is when we come into this, this place of approaching God, our eyes on, are on ourselves, right? And the first thing that we think about it before this holy God is how we shouldn't really be here. Or why we have to prove to him why we should be and why he should listen. Friends, 
This is the glory of the Lord's Prayer. Your eyes don't look anywhere horizontally or inwardly. The first place you look at is the one person in this universe who never changes. It is your Father in heaven. And the joy of you entering into prayer and of you being able to leave yourself at the door and being able to come into this place of intimacy, of being able to have a warm heart, being able to be honest with Him in every aspect of your life, is you believe that this God loved you as much yesterday as He does today, and He's going to love you as much tomorrow. And so whether you are feeling great or whether you're feeling grimy, whether you're feeling like a success or an abject failure, friends, it doesn't matter because He hasn't changed. Isn't that wonderful? And friends, the joy of prayer, you must stay there until there's a sense of you believing it. And the joy of Scripture is not that it's just meant to penetrate your mind, it's meant to warm your heart. And friends, Romans 8 is clear. He says, nothing, nothing can separate you from the love of God in Christ Jesus. This God at your best, I don't know if you believe me, but I'm going to preach it until you do. He believes, my friend, you must believe this God is for you at your best and at your worst. This God loves you so much that before the foundation of time, he saw you in his mind's eye and he said, I'm going to make you just like that. And before you could do anything, this is the gospel. This is the gospel in prayer. This is gospel center praying. Before you could do anything, before your hand could give, contribute anything to his kingdom, he says, I choose, I choose to love you. In love, he predestined you before the foundation of the world to be adopted as his own. Now, I don't, I, let me tell you, I, I'm, I'm, my daughter turned seven years old. I'm a living experience of seeing my flaws as a father. I know you've experienced some fathering that has been imperfect. Every, every parent desires to do their best, but they're never going to be good enough to, but it doesn't matter because in scripture, Jesus says, you can start, you can start to see who this God is by believing your Bible and experiencing the help of the Spirit. You can start to see that this gospel is full of the love of God and the posture of a God of heaven is not to reject those who will come to his son. It's to welcome them in. And friends, your relationship has never been built on your performance. Let me tell you, you, you have nothing to God except trouble. That's what you did. And when he looked at you, he says, I'm willing to take it on because his desire is for you. He doesn't need your hands. Remind yourself. And let me tell you, what you need is his heart. And his heart is for you before you need his hands. Because you can trust a God. You can trust a God. He can lead you anywhere if you know he's for you. You can trust a God through whatever trial or temptation. You'll get seven you might be sweating blood. But he says, Father, not my will, but yours be done. You can entrust your life into such pain because you know the person of the Father is loving you. And he's faithful. And he keeps his word. And what a joy it is to lean on him rather than your own understanding. This is the, what you are saying every morning when you get up or evening, whenever you come to the Lord in this way, is you, I believe the gospel. I believe this joy of preaching a God who moves towards people who don't deserve it. And he lavishes, he lavishes the love of God, his love upon his children. There is nothing today, no matter how I feel, it is a fact. I'm coming to him under the blood of Jesus and I'm safe. I'm safe. Friends, can you see today, in a sense, I'm not saying praise about you. Oh, but I want to say prayer is so good for you. You see, today when you start to see how close you can come and you believe it, is you don't want to stay away. <laughs> Why would you? When you are saturating your heart in faith, by seeing the goodness of this Father, 
you don't want to be anywhere else. And friends, today, I, I want to nudge you. Many of us are depressed. We are depressed about our spiritual walk. But it's because your eyes are in the wrong place. And you don't yet believe the goodness of God is what it is, which is this. You are coming to a God whose love for you, you have never deserved. And he has sworn to give it. You will have confidence that he is answering your prayers because of that love. And, and, and when, you, when you pray, I'll just give you an example of what I say before I get into any of the details. Is You start off with this saying, Father, I am so grateful today I am not coming to you according to how I feel or how well I am doing. I'm coming because you call me to come under the righteousness of Jesus. I believe under Christ, I am received forever. That is enjoying your position. And you go to scriptures, I'm running out of time, sorry, but you go to Ephesians 1. Sometimes you just stop and you spend your morning or afternoon with the Lord and you just go through scriptures which are so powerful and you pray them. And you work them through. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. You stand and say, Lord, how can it be that you've been so good to me? Here I stand with Christ, I lack nothing. Everything of heaven that is good and, 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 and is, 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 is glorious, it's mine in him. And you, you pray it through, you, you nourish yourself in the word of God through prayer. And then what you'll find is the very next thing, remember this is balance, it has content. You'll find yourself starting to praise the God who could love someone like you. Hallowed be your name. And, and we all know the Lord's Prayer, generally speaking. Most of us have been hammered in at school or wherever. You just take out the next folder. You know it by heart. And you've, you've gone through Father at the back of your mind. Hallowed be your name. And you'll get there already if you start with, with Father. And what you do, the name in Scripture means everything about that person, their characteristics, their, their preferences, their works, and where you start to move in in prayers, you go, Father, I'm so grateful today. I'm coming to you as the God who knows all things from start to finish. You're a God that made heaven and earth. Not only did you just speak it out, but Lord, you are sustaining it by the word of your power. And Lord, what perfect wisdom have you led this creation? Lord, civilizations have come and fallen, but your kingdom has moved forward through it all. And Lord, your ways are flawless. Not once have you not kept your word. Not once have you ever caused your people to doubt your fidelity to what you have promised and sworn. All of these examples, and you can move from creation through to, to, to Abraham, through to Moses. You start to remember that this God is not like any other God. You start to pray as if knowing not only just in your mind, but in your heart that this God alone is to be hallowed. You revere him joyfully. You set him apart in your mind as Lord, and you see the value and joy of all that he is towards his people and creation. You got that? You got that? Now, friends, it's again helpful to, to as you're reading your Bible, Psalm 103, it's one of my favorite Psalms. It tells you about this God who's just the most incredible, <laughs> incredible um, person in the universe and beyond. I don't, my words are, are failing me at the moment, but you said, Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and forget not all his benefits, 
you think about that. You know, sometimes you can just stop. I'm going to bring it in now. You can do a bit of Thanksgiving. Sometimes, from time to time, it's just so good to stop to think about the day of your birth to where you are now, and you recount all the benefits of God. You say, who forgives all your iniquity. Isn't that wonderful? Who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit. The fact that you are alive and being kept healthy is from the hand of God. You go on and on and on, and you, you begin to, you begin to uh, celebrate his goodness. Now, why do you do that? Friends, can I remind you today, your faith, please look at me, please look at me. Your faith is not attached to what you feel. And your faith is not attached to your circumstances. Your faith is attached to a God who doesn't change. It's wonderful. And as you pray in this way, you will find that your fortification, your strengthening is not coming from all the details being played out in your mind and God telling you, I'm going to do A, B, C, D, E, F, G. I'm going to do this with the princess. I'm going to do this with the princess. No, it doesn't work like that. What you do is you lean into a God who's behind it all, and what you start to see is that this God's character is not only utterly trustworthy, he is utterly able. Amen? Amen? And you will find your faith growing, not because of what you know, but because of who you know. And it becomes true the more you pray in this way. My, my next folder is is. Is, is kingdom praying or, or, or big picture praying. And, and as you're working through it in the back, you go and you're moving and you'll find there's again a natural progression. You start to see this God is big. His name is big. And you realize actually he's not just all about me. And what you start to find is if you will lean into praying for his kingdom to come, what you will see is that suddenly you are caught up in your praying by something much bigger than you. And friends, we need this more than we realize. And I just nudge you today, you are in a culture of postmodernism that says all that matters is you. It is really all just what sin is. It is this understanding that I am turning the universe in on myself. But friends, for the Christian to understand that there's been a God who's been working from the beginning of time. We didn't just rock up and he didn't just rock up. He knows what he's doing. And my life is not just this most important part of the kingdom. It is a peace which has meaning that's flowing from start to finish with the awesome sovereignty of God. And you start to pray not just for your little kingdom, but you pray for his kingdom. You pray for nations. You pray for revival to come in the nations. You pray for the church in the nations. You pray for governments. You pray for, for the persecuted church. You pray for your city. You pray for, your, for, for your, your church movement. You bring the big requests to God. Uh, and, and friends, what you will find is it will rescue you from small-mindedness. You know, sometimes the most helpful thing to remember is what you're facing is not going to be around for much longer. Not so? Oh, come on, I need more. We've got, we got more ground to, to finish in five. Not so? Right. You, 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 are, you are normally, you and I, we tend to inflate the magnitude of whatever happens to us and go, oh my goodness, this is bigger than God. It's bigger than his kingdom. And when you start to pray, not only that you see how his kingdom has come, not, not only seeing your part to play in the greater grandeur of God's scheme, but when you see there's a Christ coming and he's going to put all things right, you see that this kingdom has an end. You see that as you're praying, you're saying, Lord, let your kingdom come. You're asking for a glorious victory for Christ and the vindication of his coming. You start to realize in your life, well, I'm actually responding to that. Am I really seeing this thing in, the, in, 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 in perspective? And you start to have a wonderful sense of poise and, and, and balance and, 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 and stature in response to tremendous pressure. 
You pray Psalm 2. You pray Matthew 28. You pray Habakkuk 3, verse 1 to 3. They are all scriptures which I have loved. Ask of me, and I'll make the nations your inheritance, the ends of the earth your possession. Matthew 28 says, Go and make disciples of all nations. All authority has been given to Christ. Habakkuk 3, verse 1. Oh, Lord, in the midst of the years, we have seen your work. Revive us. Increase the knowledge of you. In wrath, remember mercy. These are the kinds of praying that saints have prayed of all that we can lay hold of for our day. And there's another, when you get to that point, the next one is request praying. Do you notice how slow, when Jesus is outside of his please and thank you mode, he pulls out finally the details of what's on his mind. And I want to say there is a great wisdom in being slow to get to what you want from God. Because what the soul needs to respond to pressure in circumstances is that there is a solid, secure relationship with the God of heaven who's for you, that is able to do anything according to his will. And that thirdly, he's got a big picture that he is going to be faithful to complete. And when you have that church, you pray differently. Can I get an amen? You know what I long to hear from our hearts this year is to see God more clearly when we pray. I long for us to be a church that knows the God they're appealing to. And, and friends, I want to encourage you today, be as detailed as you like, but follow the wisdom of big to small, of Father, name, Kingdom bread. How many of you need bread this morning? I tell you, it's the basics of what we need to survive. Do you notice that the ESV and other translations aren't quite sure how to translate this? Some say bread for tomorrow. Some of it says, uh, give us each day our daily bread. That, 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 there is a, a need that is in the future that hasn't yet been asked, answered yet in the present. You get that? There is a need in the future that hasn't yet been answered in the present. And I want to say, if we can be as detailed and as simple and as, 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 as minute as a loaf of bread, that's what Jesus' disciples needed to live every day. And friends, you are welcome to asking for help in anything. Anything. And provided that the folder that you fill that request with is full of his promises. I will, I will share in my own life when there hasn't been any money in the bank. I think of that scripture, and my God will supply all of your needs through the riches of Christ Jesus. I think of my mom. I was young, now I'm old, but I have never seen the righteous forsaken and their children begging for bread. And what I do is I don't just say, I believe the promise, I ask believing the promise. There is a difference. We, we, we don't just say, oh, God has promised, so that's fine. No, we ask him, but we attach the confidence of our asking to his promises. You understand that? There's a difference. There's a difference. There's a difference of praying confidently in his character for something which we know is good and glorifying to God, according to his words. And friends, there are times my next folder is Thanksgiving prayer, which is 
you're working through this and you're thinking, man, I'm, I'm, trusting, I'm trusting for bread for tomorrow. But he's given a lot of bread yesterday and the previous days before, right? You don't forget that he's a very good baker. He knows how to give what we need. And, and friends, there, I, I tell you, this has been one of the greatest joys, is try and match your ask with a grateful heart. I know there's distress. Some of you are, are under tremendous pressure. But the way the enemy wants to work upon the heart is through forgetfulness. It's not through trying to out-theologize you or, 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 or try and out-scripture you. Friends, it is forgetting this God who has been the same all these years before. And when you sit down and you begin to thank him for bread past and bread present, whilst you're asking him for bread future, friends, you begin to have a sense of, oh Lord, I've been here before and have you changed? No. And what a joy and peace it is to trust a God who's going to keep his word. And then my sixth and second last one is asking and giving forgiveness, praying. So you've gone, Father, enjoying your position, Hallowed be your name, enjoying God. Your kingdom come, it's big picture praying. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, that's Matthew 6. And then he says, give us this day or each day our daily bread, that's our, our detail or our, our request praying, followed by thanksgiving, or you can start with thanksgiving, whichever you prefer when you're talking about the character of God. And then you get to this asking for and giving forgiveness. And I just don't know, I just want to nudge somebody here as I was preparing are any of you here today holding on to unforgiveness? Maybe it was a boss and the way he handled something or she handled something last year, or a family member, or even someone in this church. One of the things that kills prayer is a bitter spirit. And the reason why is it grieves the spirit because it is the opposite attitude that the Father has towards us. And I won't go into detail, but do you notice how helpful Jesus attaches to forgiving others, asking for forgiveness, to forgiving others? He won't let us get off the hook of asking for forgiveness that we need and withholding it from others who need it too. Are you with me? And what's very helpful in my life, I'll just share a little tidbit. This, more and more, I've asked the Lord, even though I might not have anybody on my heart at the time, I'll just stop and say, Lord, by your Spirit, would you just show me if I'm upset with anybody? And my goodness, unfortunately, I tend to be upset from time to time. And, I, and the Lord is faithful. And what you do is you turn that prayer of forgiveness. It's not just I forgive you. It's a lifestyle. That's why it's in the Lord's Prayer every day. You put a peg in the ground. You be specific about the sins you are asking forgiveness for. Forgive us our sins, plural. And then you also are very uh, generous in the way you... Give what you take from God. And you pray, my friend, you pray for that person as though they are your best friend. Do you know why I say that? The great command is this. Jesus said you must love your neighbor as you love yourself. It's the second great commandment. What that means is when you are picturing the person you want to hate so much, what you do is what will help you pray. Is you say, if I was in their shoes, what would I ask for? What would I need? It will be life-changing for you. Pray it until you have the victory. Pray it every day. You put the peg in the ground of being committed to a lifestyle of forgiveness. And lastly, you pray protection praying, which is, I just simply say, you're asking for God's leadership. Lead us not into temptation. Friends, in this final one, what you are asking before you're about to leave and go into the day 
is you know you're going to face a lot of things that are going to be tricky and complex. And what you are needing is a God who can lead you by the Spirit and to keep you the whole way. Do you know what I love about this? Is it stops us from being self-confident Christians. And friends, we need this today. You are going to, that's my prayer for us as a church. Do you know that? I know when the sermon's done, you're going to enter into the quagmire of various pressures and, and various temptations in your life. And by you praying, Lord, lead me not into temptation today. You are saying, Lord, I want your active leadership on my life. There is a, so give me discernment and sensitivity to your spirit. But more than that is you are asking him to keep you from being a silly billy Christian. Friends, we are silly billy spiritually. And friends, by you asking him this, sometimes, I tell you, it happened to me this last week, God rescued me from being a dum-dum. And I realized, thank you so much, that person came in when they did, or that scripture came into my mind, was because I was rapidly uh, gearing up for something I wouldn't have been able to roll back. You know what that's like? The more I pray this prayer, the more I've loved it. It's the fullness of the Spirit's leadership coming upon people who are weak left alone. And so I wrap up to say, friends, there are seven wonderful folders for you to enjoy. And as you pray through them, the only way this will become precious to you is if you do it. Really, that's it. I, I can talk about it. You might go, that's nice. But today, remember the promise of Luke 11 verse 13, how much more will the Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? I don't want to let this year go by without there being a laying hold of what God might have for me. And uh, you'll find, my last final thing is to say this, is, is you'll find some discoveries. As you're praying, you'll find that sometimes the Holy Spirit can nudge you. And please don't carry on with your recipe. You follow where there's life. And you know what it feels like? Is suddenly it feels as you're praying, one thought after the other comes, and it becomes like this leadership of the Lord on your praying. It might be for a person. It might be of any of the folders. It does not matter. When that comes upon you and you are experiencing life, where you feel that there's a sense of God leading you, there's a sense of a dimension that wasn't there before when you started. You flow with it. You let yourself be carried along in the flexibility of the Spirit. And you keep this fresh. I have loved the Lord's Prayer, but I've loved other scriptures to help me pray. And from time to time, you just drop that folders that you take out a different filing cabinet, like in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, where it says, um, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything with prayer, which is the general praise of God, and supplication, you just again affirm your humility before for him with thanksgiving present your requests you can pray through psalm 103 you can pray through all of these various scriptures and do it uh, experiment take take scripture and pray through it so that your your prayer life is kept fresh and uh, should you pray with a prayer list i don't know yes and no in my life when the prayer list has gotten too long it's hurt my prayer life it's been okay but as you begin to add you start going oh my lord i've got another mountain to move this morning and I think there should be both. I think you should have your prayer list, but don't be guilty if you don't finish it. Be quick to get through it until you feel something special about a certain item. But prayer lists are important because they keep you ready for an answer. We don't want to be Zacharias here. We want to be Marys. We don't want God to come and rock up and suddenly he says, your prayer is answered. You say, which prayer? I, don't know, I can't remember. I haven't prayed it for so long. 
And there's certain commitments to loving people, church, where we are persistent. But I would say this. You must be careful to keep your prayer list in careful proportion to how grace is operating in your prayer life. Don't let it become a burden. Keep it as a blessing. And learn whatever you can about prayer from trustworthy saints who've gone before. I recommend Spurgeon to you. R.C. Kendall, teach us to pray. I recommend J.C. Ryle's Practical Religion was brilliant for me. Matthew Henry's Method of Prayer. These books are blessings to saints because, friends, we need to learn from people that have discovered the blessing of what Jesus did in Scripture about how to pray well. You with me? Let's pray. Let's stand together. Lord, I'm just aware this morning, it's not what to do that is going to persuade us. It's what's on offer. And I pray today, I pray as a church, we would not miss the grace of God offered to us this morning joyfully and willingly in prayer. I pray as a church in 2023, we would look back and say, I've gotten to know this God like never before because I've taken seriously his joyful invitation to know him and find him in prayer. Come, Lord, make us a mature people that see our need for it. Make us a mature people we'll see next week to persevere in it. But, Lord, we ask ultimately Right at the end of our lives, we look back and say, wow, I'm, I'm so grateful that I didn't miss prayer. We thank for this, Lord, in your precious name. Amen. Amen. The Lord bless you guys. We'll see you next week. Enjoy some coffee after the service.